Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Angela Rockstar. I'm Ryan Houlihan. I'm Kimberly Ann Southwick. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And today we're here to talk Angels Season 2, Episode 4, Untouched. Um, but before we get into the episode, I'm going to do my little Patreon spiel up top. If you want to support our podcast, we have a Patreon, um, Slayer Fest 98, and uh, we have a bunch of bonus episodes. We do Zoom calls, um, and I'm going to be revamping it, and I think it'll be revamped by the time this comes out. Cross, fingers crossed. Um, but, you know, we've covered Harley Quinn. We're going to be covering X-Men the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series, along with, like, random Buffy coverage um, to keep you satiated until we get to Season 3 25th Anniversary episodes, um, which a lot of them will be going over there. A lot of Season 2 ones went over there. And, um, yeah, any and all support is much appreciated and it helps keep this podcast going. Uh, but now let's get into the episode. Ryan, what do you think of the episode overall? You know, it's an interesting one for Joss Whedon to choose to direct, I think. And not just because, like, we don't have to get into current events. Interesting <laughs> in the fact that he didn't pick a lot of these kinds of episodes. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to discuss. But overall, it was good. It was meaty. It was what it needed to be, I think. There was a lot there. Angela? I like this episode a lot. I personally think about having telekinetic abilities a lot. <laughs> and so that really resonates with me. <laughs> Kim? There's a poem called Telekinesis in my book. Um, I didn't love this one. That's funny that y'all really liked it. I mean, I, I appreciated that it tried. But I felt <laughs> like a lot of what it was doing, it wasn't doing in a way that felt i feel like a lot of the work it was doing for the overall season was very obvious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's true yeah i would agree yeah, that's with that. true um i think it's weird because this isn't an episode i even remembered at all um but like i do think it's a ve- like like you said ryan these this is a specific type of episode and joss whedon usually never directed these this like one-off like filler kind of episode and like you said kim it is like moving the plots the like pieces for season two i do think the first like third of season two is doing a lot of that but i think it's a good effort for what it is like for a throwaway episode where the main plot like doesn't really matter i do think they do a good job um and this one's written by mir smith who is a good twitter follow um and she's written a lot of like she probably got handed a lot of these type episodes, but she does a good job with like what she's handed. I think there was like layers to this and I'm not saying like, you know, everyone nails it or that it needs to be everything to everyone. But I like that. It was like something different. Like she was very much not likable, which I think is like hard to nail. And (laughs) I think that was probably in the like, I don't know. I feel like that was in the directive of the episode, which is probably why Joss was like, I probably should be on this one, right? (laughs) Um, And I think, like, that's a tough job. And so hats off to them, honestly. Yeah, and this, you know what, this got me thinking of um, how in, what is it? Is it season four? And they, I think they introduce her in season four, Gwen Radin, the girl with, like, the electric powers. Oh, God, I always wanted her to come back. I think she did in the comics, but, like, damn, that should have been a main character. She was so cool. Yes. Um, and a lot of people say that like she didn't quite fit in the Buffy verse because she felt like an X-Men character. And I do like agree with that, but we did get like Marcy the Invisible Girl in Buffy season one. Yeah. And we got this character here in season two of Angel. Like 
they do play with powers sometimes. And right? like the point is sometimes that these aesthetics don't always fit together. That's the point <laughs> of the show is the contradictions. We've seen like, I don't know, would it, would it have been weird to see like a mermaid episode, a superhero episode? Like, yeah, that's charmed. But I think it's fun <laughs> that we have like a troll god that doesn't really fit with Glory's aesthetic or that doesn't fit with Drusilla's aesthetic. Like the mayor, like, th- come on, guys, have some fun. Just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> um, I also would like telekinetic powers, Angela. Anytime someone asks me, like, if I would want a superpower, it's never like flight or whatever. It's that. That's what I would want, right? Just just moving shit. Yeah. Like, oh, some like douchebag's trying to beat me up. I can smush him with a dumpster. That sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. great. Easy. <laughs> like ideal. I um, would I would use mine for doing the dishes. <laughs> Like, See, this are main re- tasks with my telekinesis. <laughs> this requires like a follow through on wanting to get stuff done that I think I, as an ADHD person, do not relate to. So, like <laughs> when I used to watch Charmed, it's like, yeah, you wanted the active power, but then when Piper could blow stuff up, like, like, <laughs> like. Suddenly, I was like, you know, a rage power would be kind of nice. <laughs> like, just one big blast and you get it out. And I think Dark Willow also went on that journey, you know, yeah. from yeah. pencil floating to just like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> I just want to read people's minds, but I'm a poet. So, yeah, I think that tracks. Yeah, that makes sense. So, sometimes I think that I would want that, but then I wouldn't want, like, you know, if it's like you, Kim, and like I read your mind and you happen to think, well, Ian looks ugly today. Like you're allowed to think that, but I don't want to hear it. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought that in my life. So <laughs> I, I just think I hear enough of other people's thoughts. And I remember a time when we didn't know each other so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I miss I miss having secrets amongst ourselves because <laughs> um, I think people think a lot of gross stuff. But I have to say of the like most useful ones, it's like, Reading people's minds and teleportation, like, listen, do I want to blow shit up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if I had to strategize, like, what would help me the most, you know, and versus what would drive me the most insane, which is invisibility. Like, I straight up, like, that episode was so tight because it's like, yeah, this would be, in- this would make you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> teleportation um, would be dope. I would go to the beach so quick. Like, right, that's what I'm saying. Maybe if I could teleport myself, like if that's and like I could like grab someone's hand, like like a Penny's powers in the magicians, but like yeah. Less yeah. up and less, you know, drama. Just like let's just move from place to place easily without all the drama. That sounds good. Yeah. I'd go to Disneyland Paris every day and get the exact same scone. <laughs> I know which one. <laughs> but right, that would be nice. You could just like Oh, I like this vacation spot. Let mm-hmm. me teleport there. Just yeah. for the day. I want to go back in time, though, too, because there's this really good muffin at a coffee shop in New York, and that coffee shop's not there anymore. Uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> time is one of those ones that's real tempting, but the less you use it, the more you're going to enjoy it. Like, if you use it for silly little things, I think it's really important. But then again, I know myself, and I would, like, kill Hitler, save JFK. Like, I would, like, <laughs> I would go a little hard, you know? One of my, I, I remember I wrote about this in something I wrote and my mom like re- happened to read it and was like, did you have to put that in writing? Because once we had a talk about like superpowers, I remember it was like, she, so my mom is diabetic and when she gets a low, it's like she's drunk. So she'll like get like sillier. And she like, I called her when I was living in New York and I don't even remember what the conversation was, but it was like, we were talking about Harry Potter and she was like, oh, I would love to have a magic wand, but 
I would abuse it. If I didn't like a woman, I'd probably give her a vaginal infection. And my mom was so <laughs> mad that I wrote that into something. <laughs> but right, Kim, that's not like unlike my mother. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would probably misuse the power. But also, like, I mean, we just mentioned the magicians. They rob a bank. That sounds great. Who cares? Like, yeah. Yes. Money's not real. And now I can prove it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love... That I mean, now, now we're being a magician's podcast, but I love in that episode that Margot's the one that has robbed a bank before. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Of course she has. Right. Yeah. And she should do it again. And she was yeah. right to do it. <laughs> so this episode, we open on Lila. We get more. Ryan, is this the most we've gotten of Lila since like her first appearance? I think it is, right? Yeah. And it's the most we kind of see of how she works. Yeah. Which I like, and I do, th- I mean, Ryan, we talked about this in the season premiere, but it really does boost the show, right? Like, Yeah, she's amazing, and her perspective of being, like, a, a predatory social worker adjacent HR lawyer nightmare, like, it's it's exactly what the show needed to make it feel different than Buffy. Like, mm-hmm. it's she's yeah. really, that's why she's there, and it's like, she, she flawlessly executed her job. As usual. (laughs) Did she, did her like look get an update too? Because I feel like, and I could be totally wrong and my imagination is just getting, getting to me, but I feel like she was like frumpy nineties office worker in the past. And she was like hot in this episode. No, I think she's, I think she's always hot. hot. All right. I think the aesthetic got an upgrade. And I think every time we see her almost, I mean, maybe there are a couple moments in there that I'm like, what are we doing? But like, I think every, time we see her she looks more and more lila like she was really yeah. working on this and i think that that's what takes a, a buffy or angel character from like someone just being introduced to like every time we see them they're more like jonathan was more jonathan that's yeah. when it's like this feels good and i like that she like in this episode i was like i know this woman she is a nightmare <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> angela what do you what do you think of lila I I love to hate her. Like yes. she's a, she's great. She's yeah. a flawless character, and she does de- like her. She just grows at, into herself, and she is evil. Yeah, <laughs> right, truly. I, I like that she's allowed to be that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those those are just the facts, and I mean, I think she really, you know, there's all these monsters, but she's one of the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it creates such a good contrast with Darla, who's, like, freshly yes. back, like, ex-vampire. But, like, she thinks she has this moral certainty. We'll see where it goes. But it's interesting because, like, Lila 100% does. She's like, the world is full of monsters. You might as well be the biggest. I'm yes. not going to do anything about it. And it's like, this is a real kind of person. We all know who they are. <laughs> yeah. And it is, like, it is a real obstacle in life to just work around these people in the same city. It truly is. <laughs> it's Yes. <laughs> Ryan, that's such an accurate reading of her where she's like, yeah, all this shit is bad, but whatever. Like, guess who the baddest is? And it's like, yeah, it's you. We're trying to tell you to stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, Julie Benz is just so good. And like, the way she like creeps out of the shadows to walk up to Lila. And it's like, Darla is still playing the part of vampire, even though yeah. she doesn't have her vamp, but right? It's like, this feels like, oh, she could murder you, but then we remember, oh, no, she's just a human. I mean, she could, but not, like, the way vampire Darla could, right? Yeah. Um, And, like, Lila getting a little bit nervous because she kind of doesn't know what the fuck to do with Darla. 
Um, Darla's just such a good presence. Ugh. She's a great character. She is. And, like, she's another one where, like, she goes from, like, supervillain to, like, not even good, right? Like, I don't know. What would you... I, what would you guys like refer to her as? She's kind of like in the gray area, but leaning towards still bad, right? Yeah, she's not even like an anti-hero. Yeah. She's not really a hero, but she's <laughs> not as terrible. <laughs> yeah. She's like swayed toward being like, maybe there's something to this, like having some humanity. Maybe like it would be interesting to have empathy. No. <laughs> Never mind. Which it, it's like, it's interesting and it draws you in, right? But it's like, I think ultimately the she she's more redeemed because we want to believe that about people than I think yeah. you actually could redeem someone like that. That's like like diet evil. I think yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's unlike when Faith went bad, where you're like, oh, this is you're sick. Right. It's like, it's like I think you're actually thriving on this, yeah, which is she loves so worrying. <laughs> Ryan, that's a, yeah. It's like, oh, Darla enjoys doing this. So, like, mm, there's something bad here. Um, so we learn that the way Darla is keeping Angel asleep is this whatever powder, which, sure. Yeah. And uh, then we cut to Angel, and Wesley and Cordelia are arguing. He gives her the weird... The, the like weird insults they like sling at each other. Like she calls him Ebenezer, and then he like says something condescending, and she's like, "Don't be snobby. I was top ten percent of my class." And he says, "Top ten percent of what? Advanced bosom?" Which like, oh my god, <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, "You should be so lucky, Wesley." <laughs> right. Came. <laughs> it reminded me of that meme that I feel like we've sent in our group chat like twenty times, where it's like. Someone wearing a really tight shirt. That's what does it say? Like I have great tits and great opinions, or something. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely sent that recently to the group text. <laughs> I, I think I sent that to Zach and was like, "Us on my bloody Judy when we're wearing tight shirts." <laughs> I just want Cordelia to grab Wesley by the face in some of these early scenes where their dynamic is still being like reshifted. I want her to really grab him by the face and be like. I got terrible grades in high school. I did not go to college. I am 20 years old and we have the same job. So you should be asking me for life advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> not giving it unprompted. And they make out. I don't know why that was at the end of that in my head. Oh, it's like, and we made out. Like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> I always forget that. Uh, Kim, I was curious. I know that you probably... I just love how correct Cordelia is and confidently correctly is in like most of this episode, but especially here, how she's like, you should pay gun. And she's right. He yeah. Should. Like, yeah, I mean, Wesley's argument is super weak. Like, Oh, he'll be like offended. Cause he's just like doing good. Like, come on. Right. Like who doesn't, who doesn't want $10 billion? Like, or, right. you know, however much that they're willing to pay him. Sorry. That was referring to a meme earlier that was sent in group text about, how $10 billion would like solve all our problems. Anyway. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Like I just, he's just, he's being like a fiscal Republican about it. <laughs> it, 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 I, it was egregious to me. Cause I was like, well, you're taking a cut. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, and it was also just very like, I don't know of the time sort of politics where it's like, I'm going to be polite and not insult you by off. But it's like, by offering you something I also want. It's like, yeah. can you just finish the thought, please? This is like, <laughs> and it, it, it definitely gave me like wacky eyes, but Cordy's absolute certainty was yes. like 
so I was like, God, I just want to know her. I feel like I do. Because, <laughs> right, I love that she's like, she she is positive she's right. And because she is. like, Yeah. And then I like that Angel's like annoyed that they're arguing. And he's like, can you pretend that you work for me for one second? Well, how about you don't? And she's just like, you can't fire me. I'm Vision Girl. I'm like, doesn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, truly. She, uh, she uh, This is a very different Cordelia than we've seen in the past. And it's such yes. a natural growth for her. And I love it. Yes. Standing in her power. Yeah. Right. And like, again, she's right. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do, Angel? That she's literally, she's the reason you can save people because she tells you about the vision. So like, it used to be like, she'd get mean in order to get back at him as yes. her defense. And now she's just like, I'm right. You're being an idiot. Stop. <laughs> I love that energy. Her confidence have, has shifted towards like the Cordy we know and love and appreciate in season two forward of, of Angel that we yeah. get mad about what happens to her later. Kind yeah. of yeah. like it's that it's that confidence we're used to with her, but it's being used like more efficiently. She found her light, and it's yeah. like it doesn't have to diminish any other part of you, but like she really did, and that's what Angel's looking for, and it's like. It's it's just it, it, Wesley as a balance of like darkness. It's like they really knew what they were doing. And then, you know, I, I'm jumping ahead, but like the inclusion of Gunn in the cast was so necessary at this point. Yeah. And it balances out so great because Angel has somebody else to talk to who isn't like trying to influence his moral future. It's just like <laughs> on their own journey and can be like, yeah, I got it. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. Just, I mean, we're only on episode four, but even like watching it now, I'm a little bit more appreciating Gun and Angel's relationship than I have in the past. And it's exactly that, Ryan. It's like, they're just like these, like, they're like the aggressive straight dudes who are just like friends and they're cool, right? Yeah, like, they're guys doing guy stuff, you know, yeah. boys, boys support boys. <laughs> um, but I, and I, the thing I love about Cordy's reply is Angel's is being a dick but she's not phased, right? Like she just sticks her tongue out and is like, mm, whatever. Like she's not hurt that he just like said he like was condescending and said he was gonna fire her. She's just like, no, you can't. Mm, yeah, whatever. Um, I, I, interestingly, Gunn does not call her names in this episode, which I yes. appreciated a lot. Yes. God, I hate when they call her names. Like it's like they're like, hey, tits McGee. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? She will sue you. She will go to Wolfram and Hart and sue you. <laughs> she will hire free. Lila. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um so and then she he does say he'll like think about paying gun and she's like mm, my hero and like ah, i just very good um why weren't they paying gun right also right angela it just doesn't make sense that he wasn't already paying him i mean maybe they just needed something to argue what do you think monster hunters make right like, is it a non-for-profit? <laughs> it's got to be one-time payments, you know, when the thing's dead, whenever that happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. absolute, like billable No way. Hours. Cordy's on salary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Cordy has a 401k, a pension plan, <laughs> every kind of insurance. <laughs> she, like, wrote that out herself. Yeah. Yes, literally. <laughs> she was like, you don't understand co-pays, right? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the faith episode when when he's like you understand why i have faith and she's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, here sign here this is all my vacation pay bye <laughs> she's not fucking around um, cordelia gets her vision she sends tells angel about bethany the you know with her telekinetic powers we see Bethany about to be attacked by two men in an alley, and then they get slushed by a dumpster, which, great. 
I do like for me, I'm like the mechanics of this. Would it just like hurt them? Like I don't feel like it could squish a person, but I guess. Okay, I was a little confused because at first it seemed like they got squished, mm. but then it seems like they also got away. Someone's like, "Oh, did we get them?" At one point, and I was real confused. Like, were their bodies or not? Mm. Yeah, because then when they're when they go to the one guy's apartment, it's like he's in critical condition. Yeah, like, how the fuck do you get away if you're in critical condition? Both of yeah, you. Yeah, and was that and that was that even? I don't know. It was confusing. Yeah, but it ultimately doesn't really matter. But yeah, so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we then we post credits. We get Angel walking into the crime scene. I do like when Angel. And I feel like Ryan, at least, we've talked about this in season one, like, the few times they're like, oh, right, he's supposed to be a detective, so sure. Um, Yeah, and he does a little improv character. I love that. (laughs) I think it's fun that he gets better at that stuff in in a way that, like, he would have never admitted he was bad at it unless in a way to make it seem like it's silly. Like, oh, having to do that little song and dance is a little silly. But it's like, you're only saying that because you can't do it. Um, (laughs) And I think watching him get better at it is a mirror of the Cordelia, like getting better at. And like, I guess Wesley slowly grappling with his father's abuse, but becoming an awful person. So like, I don't really know. (laughs) You know, they're all on their journey. We're all adults, but it's kind of nice that they mirroring each other's growth in like a, kind of interesting way and they're like both better at their jobs now and it's yeah. cool and and i i also love every time this show decides to clown on the police for just truly not having any idea what's going on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought the rookie cop was really well cast and like did a good job like playing like clueless i like when the other the real detective comes by and like shows the badge and everything and like he can't say anything you know because that then he would out like what he did so i don't yeah. know he said he was well cast and the guy did a good job for such a small little role yeah yeah I also had to look up the like reference he makes. Um, I know that I, I the like Mr. Bill's joke. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. Apparently, it's like an old claymation Saturday Night. Live Hell yeah, Mr. Bill! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think it was an SNL sketch, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's Mr. Bill. <laughs> yeah, he was. He would get squished. I have no recollection of it. Kim, do you? I'm sure you don't either. I do, actually. Oh, damn it. (laughs) I knew that I, like, yeah, I couldn't exactly place it on SNL, but, like, I was like, oh, yeah, and there's, like, a vague reference in my head to it. When is Mr. Bill joining the MCU? (laughs) When did I ever vaguely even know a pop culture thing that Ian didn't know? There's the first time for everything today, folks. Wow. I love that. This is... Literally, like the first time in our like twenty five years of friendship. You need to get a T shirt of Mr. Bill to commemorate. Yeah, <laughs> I have a Mr. Bill watch. Um, so then, uh, then he finds Bethany, and okay, Ryan, I love that you said that like they accomplished that she's not likable because she's not. Nope. And I'm like, this type of character, I do hate that Angel encounters this exact like archetype of like person he is helping like every other week where it's yeah. like she's scared and she's just, he's like saying hi i can help you and she's the person's just like scared and running away and it's like what this is like a just a dude saying he can help you like i don't know yeah it's it's they spend they, they do a lot of stuff where they're like trying to pace the episode where they're like here's a tease of the person we're gonna see but we don't actually want to spend a lot of time with them just yet because we have some character stuff we want to do while the tone is still fun and so <laughs> they do these like they ran away they disappeared <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. She is a, I mean, I'm, I know she's got the powers, but she is a woman alone in an abandoned warehouse. And Angel is a big dude and they are by themselves. And I would be scared too, even if I had powers, because 
I, yeah, I think it's her, her fear, especially considering her trauma is rational. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I mean that we do this so often with Angel where it's like. Okay, yeah. that I get. But in this particular yeah. circumstance, uh, the, the trope is annoying, but it's not un well placed in this particular circumstance i can see why they thought like we do this a lot but it makes sense so we're not pulling it yeah to me it's it also is just like well then you should have went to an you should have been planning this all season and you should have went to another episode and been like well the pregnant lady doesn't have to be in an alley where she runs away from angel like in that episode maybe she's like at a bodega or something (laughs) yeah yeah. you know (laughs) like maybe she's at a kohl's yeah (laughs) <laughs> she's just like dude i'm fine it's LA. Yeah. <laughs> um so but i i do like that when she stabs him when he's like i'm, I'm angel and she's like oh i stabbed an angel now i'm really never getting into heaven <laughs> <laughs> all right um esme and- liked that part she was very <laughs> excited that his name was angel oh <laughs> she didn't watch the whole episode she got she got scared from a certain scene <laughs> Um, you will have to let us know which scene it is when we get there. Um, and I do like that he, he's like, you know, you can't hurt me. And then after she runs away, he's like collapses and is like, okay, maybe she can hurt me. I did appreciate that. Yes, um, me too. And then she says she's staying with a friend. And Angela, who is that friend she's staying with? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hint, <gasps> it's it's the lawyer we are talking about. Yes, yes, Lila. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> watching this the first time i was like oh wait like is lila friends with the- oh no she's not like lila does a good job of the like pretending not to be a shitty person when she's with her oh i totally was like lila has this weird friend that's gonna yeah. be crazy for her without realizing like that's exactly what she would want me to think yeah <laughs> she tricked the gays so <laughs> yeah uh, um, who hasn't <laughs> i mean right <laughs> um and i do like that it's like, I don't know, we're like seeing different sides of Lila and like, you know, this is like very conniving, like shitty, I don't know, but I like, I like it. I'm like, yes, give it's me It's like long-term shitty person yes. shit. It's not like you went to work and you signed off a thing that someone else is going to do. You're like every day in your home being like, I just hope you feel safe. <laughs> and I'm planning that if it doesn't work out, I will kill you. So mm, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, this ends for me in six weeks. Thank God I want my TiVo back. You know? (laughs) We cut to Angel being bandaged up by Cordelia, something she does a lot this season. Um, And a thing I liked about this interaction is she is not phased. Like, Angel looks good. And she's just like, stop flexing your manly boob muscle. Like, she's not pressed. It's brotherly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Angela, I Ooh. forget. Where do you sit with uh, Cordelia and Angel's relationship? I I find it, I find it interesting. I guess he, I guess he loved her. Mm. You know, it. I mean, but I don't know that either of them really recognized that. I, I mean, there's definitely love there. It's right. just like, is it? I mean, I think there's a there's they've got that tension for yeah. sure. Would do I like it? I. I wonder if it would make him and I mean, I think he might even have a deeper thing with Cordy than he had with Buffy. Honestly, I agree. And so it's like, would that have sent him into a, I think that's why they tiptoe around the whole. Yeah. So they never like actually get there. They don't get 
do the deed. Yeah. I think, you know, it wasn't true love. Obviously, it's abuse. But, like, I think he had a deeper thing with Darla going on. And I think the real sad part of the Buffy relationship is that, like, Angel was like, I don't know. Like, Angel was like, is it worth it for either of us to keep pushing this thing? Or can we just, like, painfully break it off now? And it makes more sense the more you see him of a character being, like, mature about being like, I cannot do this to you. I am so sorry. Like, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. But the Cordy thing, it's like, it feels natural. Yeah. And I, because that's what I like about this. Like, even in season one, we got like, I forget what episode it is. I think, oh, it's the the haunting episode when her, she gets to her apartment. And like, she goes to Angel's and Doyle thinks they've had sex because like, she's in her PJs and Angel's coming out of the shower. And like, but no, Cordelia just like, thinks of it like you said ryan it's like like siblings almost and i like that we get to this like very comfortable familial relationship before we get the romance because not a lot of shows do that right yeah yeah their their love is like it's deep and it is one of those like friend into into not not lovers but you know almost lovers Love should it. be would be can't what could have been <laughs> yeah i mean well we all know the hard truth and i think we're gonna have to just end the conversation here he was meant to be with harmony you know <laughs> <laughs> um and so i do i also love the callback to buffy when he says to her like you know how hard it is to think with a rebar through your torso and she's like actually i do benefits of sunnydale education but <laughs> Do and not I, underestimate her experiences again, please. Right, right. Um, and I, I love that. I read that that's like, I, I know I've said this before, but that's a real, like Charisma Carpenter had like a rebar that like went through her. That's why like Cordelia always has the right star, like continuity wise, because like, it's just her real star. Wow. Yeah. Which is why I wonder if they put that in the show because that happened to her in real life. That right? reminds me of when they put Natasha Leone through like an OD scene on Orange is the New Black, and I was like, mm-hmm. didn't she actually like? I hope they. I hope they asked. I right, hope they yeah. checked. I hope they cleared it with her. Like that's <laughs> tough. Yeah, that's tough. I could not imagine that feeling. Oh, but that's also probably why she, when she, we do. I always think she does spectacular acting when she's talking about that injury in yeah. Buffy and it might be because it's so based on a real experience yeah. like when she talked yeah. to Xander about it it was like oh yeah like she's just a regular girl like she yeah. does not have superpowers who got stabbed with a fucking bar yeah like this yeah. isn't like we're running around Scooby-Doo style like this is <laughs> yeah she got stabbed with a piece of rebar like, <laughs> um anyway Angel asks Wes if they know about what they know about telekinesis and Wes is like oh the power of moving things with your mind that's it actually enter gun and Ryan, what's he holding? He's holding what weapon? <laughs> He's holding that axe, baby. <laughs> it is so cool, that rim axe. It and is, I, right? I read somewhere that he kept it. And I was like, 100% the thing you do. Yes. Take that shit home. It's yes. so cool. It is fucking cool. It's weird. Like, my brain definitely didn't remember how it came to be. But it's weird that it's like a non- thing right it's just like he walks in carrying it he's like yeah i got this new act it's cool and he has it until season four (laughs) i love it because it establishes him as just cool like he is just cool he doesn't have to explain it he has this cool fucking axe yeah and he comes in he's like he's like using alliteration and he uh refers to cordy in some way like fair cordelia he's just like in a good mood he like radiates like positivity and you know, especially in contrast to Cordy and Wesley, like, spatting earlier in Angel's, like, non-sleeping grumpiness. He's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to, like, you know, get rid of the bad guys. And I'm yeah. going to have a good time doing it. I don't know. I thought that was really refreshing. 
He's yeah. ready to slay the dragons with yeah. his axe. Yeah. You call, he comes. And I think when you find your calling in life, as I have along similar lines, <laughs> you, vi- you vibrate at a higher frequency. And it was necessary in that moment. <laughs> I want you all to know, Ryan sent me a text earlier today saying, in this episode, Gun says, you call, I come. Don't let me forget to mention Because <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I had it there. I, I had the note there being like, make sure you remind Ryan. If if the listeners of this podcast could make that a gif, I will rejoin Twitter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I come. Yeah. So many reasons. So he sends he sends Gun. I like in my notes that this is incorrect. I said he like tells Gun and Cordy to find the girl, but he sends Gun to do something else, right? I don't remember. Yeah, to yes. find the people that don't that winds up not mattering. He's the right. one that finds like the apartment that right. I'm not yeah. even sure why it matters, but we know. Right. That that's where he goes. Right, 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 right. Angel goes to bed. We see Bethany dreaming about I want you all to know how stupid I am when I so I do like background rewatches to try to get like ideas for like photos to do. And when this was on, like this scene, because it was like a background rewatch, I was like doing shit on my computer. When her dad walked in at the end, I was like, Oh, her dad saved her when there was that tornado coming and they had to hide in the basement. <laughs> That's how oh my, my fucking God. dumb brain read this scene because of the noise. But uh, it's the noise of like, she's in Lila's apartment. Is she shaking it? I thought it was like, ooh, there was a tornado coming. And her dad was like, we got to hide from, we got to go in like shelter. <laughs> I, I, I did. I too had trouble with this. And I think it's that the WB didn't want it to be like, yeah. this is incestuous pedophilia. I right. think they wanted to be like, you know what we're talking about when yeah. parents don't respect <laughs> boundaries. And you're like, what are you f- just, we are not in the sixties. You have to say what it is. <laughs> like, but like, it's, it's interesting because I thought, oh, maybe they left it ambiguous so that we would think that that was what was going on. But then mm. the twist would be he was trying to protect her. Or like, maybe I could not remember for the life of me the rest of this episode. And then it didn't. And I thought like, oh, it didn't land because I think they had to like not say what it yeah. is in a way. Yeah. I feel like that's probably exactly what it was. They were like, mm, we can like infer that that's what it is, but we can't say that that's what it is. I mean, Which is tough because it, like also at the time people would have done that. Like isn't Law & Order SVU, like hasn't that been on for like 30 years and wasn't that happening like on daytime TV now? Like they probably could have said it. That's true. But I can see the WB was like weirdly strict with them. I yeah. think like Neutrogena gives them a phone call and is like, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, we did not get Jennifer Love Hewitt on set for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> For you to stick it next to that. <laughs> I mean, I, I almost think it's worse that they're that it's a little less explicit. But yeah, I agree. I, I agree. agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also feel like there, I have like a war against Law and Order. But like, I also feel like Law and Order is like a like mom dad version of torture porn because it's just like, oh look, like this person, their dad molested them, and then they're beheaded. And it's always like um, mm, people shaking their heads, and like I fucking hate it. And it's that's terrible. What, I feel like that's why they are allowed to do. Like they probably were allowed to have gay couples kissing because they'd be murdered later. So it's like mm, yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's oh, also was at a, during my life like very addictive, and I watch like nonstop marathons of it. But now I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch SVU anymore. I can watch like Law and Order, just straight up Law and Order. But that's it. I can't watch true crime anymore. I watch Real Housewives to fill that hole, but 
I mean, because at this point, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> They're all going to prison. <laughs> but I like, I can't do true crime. I like, you know, present company, all, all honor. I have to watch like a big brother or something because I'm like, I want to see how people work, but I cannot do that off of the back of someone's tragedy in a way. And SVU just feels a little too. Like they're so excited about it, yes, and and that's tough for me. Yeah, it's like ripped from the headlines, right? <laughs> Whereas this episode was like, I hope you're uncomfortable. I hope you're uncomfortable, and I wish they'd been more explicit. But I do like that they were like, this should be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the the reference was. I mean, I think it was obvious if you were, and then if you were watching with family, it would be not as obvious. Mm-hmm. To, the younger people who might be watching Angel with you at the moment. I don't know. I- <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't get it. That like, I mean, I definitely rewatched Angel since then, but maybe I didn't, it didn't land for me because the first time I saw it, I, that's not how I interpreted it, but it's because I was a child. Yeah. 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 Like, and they don't, you know, you might've been watching it with your family or whatever. And that's not, they don't want. Yeah. Kids to- yeah. So I guess that might've been it, but on Law and Order, which we're not actually on here to talk about, but I just <laughs> the original Law and Orders were like my favorite thing. That I there were two shows in one. It was the case, and then it was the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. the justice, the, the order part, or the law part. I didn't like the. I never liked the order part as much. I do like the law part. I feel like I learned a lot about the American justice system during the law part, and that was probably bad because it's TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned so much employment law from The Good Wife, and half of it was true, and I was thrilled when it was. But (laughs) that's, you know, I really believe people learn that way. Like, people know a lot about forensics that they did not used to know, and I think they call it the, like, forensic files effect or the CSI effect. But, like, it actually does... I mean, and sometimes that's for worse because, you know, like computer enhance is not real. <laughs> <laughs> computer enhance. <laughs> uh, maybe with AI now, maybe it could guess a, a good simulacrum. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> well, Ryan, I know a great season of Big Brother you should binge, right, Angela? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yes, watching, I, I do watch that. Because I like to see who's coming out of that house, who I'm going to run into at a event. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I was wondering if you, like, if it was like, oh, you can't watch it because you're like, oh, I did this shit. Or it's like, mm, let me see how, like, these people are doing. <laughs> I, I, I can watch it because I feel very empathetic toward the people because nobody knows what the fuck they're getting into Mm. and everybody can think that they do, but then they just like slowly start to mentally break down. And it's like, who has the mental fortitude to not actually like not actually lose their shit. Oh God. It's very fascinating. (laughs) You saying that I'm like, well, I know I would have the mental breakdown. (laughs) It is, it is wild, wild, wild experience. So I like to see who's coming out of there because then we run into each other at different events and stuff. And yeah, you can really get to feel like, you know, the people because Mm -hmm. there's live feeds that you can watch 24 hours, which is insane. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, one of my cousins, when we went down the shore was like really into big brother. And I remember her like being like, Oh, like big brother, like whatever it's called, like overnight is on. I got it. And like, the family's all hanging out and she's like watching that. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> crazy wild wild i you know <laughs> i you i i would absolutely be the one i like you just saying like who has the mental fortitude not to have a breakdown i'm like well surely not me i definitely like are you <laughs> kidding like during lockdown i like freaked out on my dad because he ate the box of cheez it's i bought and I was like, I just bought them. I stood in line to the shop right and like, blah, blah, blah. It's so hard to get. I just wanted to eat my Cheez-Its and he ate them all. <laughs> See, what would get me is not being alone. <laughs> that is a true story that Ian just told about Cheez-Its, by the it way. Is. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, sorry. <laughs> Um, I, the, the being alone would not be what got me. Cause I could be on Mars. Like I a hundred percent am built to be in deep space. What gets me is seeing the same people over and over. Like I would develop complexes. I'd be like, why do you always blink when I talk to you? You know what I mean? Like I would get so weird. <laughs> it is, it is weird because you're in there with like 15 strangers and you can't talk to anybody you know and you're just Ugh. so like and it's just them and some of them i mean everybody starts to get on everybody's nerve it's wild it's I would a imagine, wild yeah you have <laughs> nothing in common with these people except that you're thrown into a house and you find commonalities right. and stuff perhaps <laughs> but like it's just wild it's a wild 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 friend i would like to see I would like to see someone put like the Buffy Angel verse in a reality <laughs> TV show. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, Glory is early out, but fan favorite. <laughs> I feel like Glory would just level the house, though. <laughs> I totally. also love that now this is our Law and Order Big Brother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, where the hell are we in this episode? <laughs> Um, so <laughs> we... Bethany's having the dream. Yes. 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 Yeah, and uh, it's about, oh. yeah, she's about to make the lamp fly at Lila. Yes. Hits Lila with a fucking lamp, runs out, and then we cut back to the Hyperion Hotel, and I do love Cordy being like, I think I have a lead, and it's Bethany standing behind him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then she, like, tells her, like, Angel helps people with problems. She asks... Again, being unlikable, well, then what's your problem? And Wesley's like, where to begin? <laughs> um, we cut back to Wolfram and Hart, which we do a few times, and we see the head, Holland, he's, like, not happy about anything that's going on. And the thing I like is Lila, I mean, you said this earlier, Ryan, Lila is good at her job, but even being good at her job at Wolfram and Hart is, like, not quite good enough, right? Like, she's still nervous around him. Yeah, it's like nothing is ever good at i mean it's fascism it's like nothing is ever <laughs> pure enough nothing is ever evil enough nothing is ever whatever enough and it they re she really does a great job of nailing it but the the beauty of that is that when you get to do it to someone else it's like you could be so deliciously indulgent that's why like the you need her being skittish around bigger fish in order to convey the truth that like she is confident around smaller fish yeah. like she is not you know and it's she it, it, she's just really well painted and i think it it really does come down to finding the right actor as yeah. like a canvas to paint this person on yeah i think that's really accurate somewhere in there we have uh angel dreaming as well right we do and yes. like he and darla basically doing it in the dream yeah. and, like vamp faces and then they bite each other this is the part esme did not like <laughs> i did not think she was paying attention at this point <laughs> But she was. And she said, that girl bit him. That's not nice. 
<laughs> Fair enough. And I said, no, biting's not nice. And she said, mm-mm, that wasn't nice. And then every time she, yeah, every time that, that dream happened again in the episode, she, she was, like, covering her eyes. And I was like, can you please just stop watching? Like, <laughs> like, you're not like literally, like, part. laying on the floor, like, with her eyes covered and her face to the ground. I was like, yeah, like, this is not, this is, like, rated PG-13, girl, you're three. Which is so funny because I feel like the rest of the episode is like a very harmless. It really is. Yeah. We yeah. were like watching it together in the beginning. And then I, she won't let me cover her eyes. So I had to like <laughs> pause it a couple of times, but then she'd like be off doing something and I'm like, oh, I'm good now. But no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the perils of single motherhood. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, at least she's adorable and well-behaved. <laughs> she has good opinions. She's right. She should yes. not have been biting. Yeah, him. no, biting's not nice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so then uh, Bethany like calls Lila. Lila's not happy when she finds out where she is. Bethany is talking to Angel in Cordy's clothing. And Angela and Kim, I am curious what you both thought of like, Cordy's read on Bethany because she's like she's getting a vibe she's vibey like I, I didn't know like whether I was supposed to like because Cordelia is like kind of correct right I don't know what do you two think like a vibe I didn't understand what she meant by vibe necessarily but I think that whole thing that she's just not likable is what came to mind at first but mm-hmm. then Cordy starts talking about like sex and how women and sex are different and I was like oh wait that's like not what I thought you meant by vibe oh yeah I don't think Cordy's wrong. Yeah. Because I, I, <laughs> I was like, because I mean, later she does, like, Bethany does go into Angel's room to try to fuck him, right? So. Yeah. I I don't think she's wrong. And I think, I mean, Bethany has, you know, a lot of reasons why she is the way that she is. Yeah. And I mean... I don't, I don't, I don't think that Cordy's read was wrong. It didn't even, it didn't even... I I agreed. <laughs> All right, cool. Because yeah, later on, I the scene after this, I do really love with Cordelia and her. But I was curious about that. Okay, because I do like that. It's like this show is like Cordelia is so often the one that's like correct from the start, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and I like that. So Wesley goes to give like Bethany some tough love, and we later find it's like to retroactively figure out what happened with, like, her dad, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then she kind of, like, explodes, doesn't go well. And then we see him and, like, Cordelia and Angel talking, and he kind of, like, I like when he's, like, tells Wes he's got to go, and then Cordelia's like, you can't fire him, then I'll go. Unless I like that part, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh I wrote that down. (laughs) I just want to pause and say, like, Angel Investigations should unionize. So, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) <laughs> and then he's like super embarrassed about how Wesley's little trick like worked on her. And Angel goes into this speech about like people and like how he like likes people. And it's sort of like, you know, yeah, yeah. Hallmark Cardi, but he's trying like he's like he's supposed to be serious. I don't know. I guess like his it's it's almost funny because he's like, I've been around for a long time and like we know what he means, but like she doesn't know it. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. I didn't like this speech necessarily. And then we go kind of straight from his super optimism that Bethany wishes she had to him dreaming that same dream from earlier. But we see more of the scene with like the tied up peasant and such. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
I don't even I don't think I even have notes about this. So uh, <laughs> someone else. <laughs> I mean, like the whole I guess the stuff about the dreams with Darla at this point, maybe this is what I meant when I said earlier that I feel like the episode was kind of very obviously like moving the whole season's plot along. It's like, OK, we get it, you know, and yeah. I just I. I wasn't sure why they were coming back to this particular dream. And Darley even mentions like the peasant girl. And then like, what's the point of them biting each other? Like, do they even have blood? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I just felt like, why did we need angel dreaming except to wake up and have Bethany come on to him one. And also two to show that she heard Darla in his room in case we were unclear on whether or not she was actually there. Now True. someone else has actually yeah. heard her. And she doesn't say like what the voice sounded like. She just says, oh, I heard a voice. So I think that that's like, you know, putting a, a puzzle piece in. It's like when the Wheel of Fortune, is, they're just trying to get more points. You know, we all know what it says. But like, you know, I'm going to buy an E for some reason. Um, it kind of felt like that. Sorry mm-hmm. if my Wheel, Wheel of Fortune metaphor is kind of out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i liked it it worked um yeah yeah i guess you're right that like we did need the sleeping for that part and i guess okay kim i i am curious like what you think about like because i'm not quite sure what's trying to be said here right because like that's i feel like casual sex might have been good for the two of them but then it's like she's saying she doesn't like it but then she says she like doesn't she's like yeah that's what's wrong with that and i'm like i don't know what we're saying here right yeah, uh, Angel, I mean, we all know why Angel doesn't right. want to have sex. Like, that That right. makes sense. Uh, and this girl's just, uh, the way that she describes how she, like, blacks out mm-hmm. is fascinating. But we're not really getting into anything else here. Yeah. Like, I think that it's a really, it's interesting from, like, a help me law and order perspective to have someone <laughs> explaining this to, like, Olivia Benson, like, and then we're learning about like what is possible during trauma. But like we we've barely acknowledged that the trauma is the cause of all of this. And here she is talking about something like very intimate that's related to that trauma without directly talking about the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do really like how they mix it with humor. And she's like, make love. What are you like from the 18th century? <laughs> um, and then Bethany says all this weird stuff about it's like. It's like we see her about to spiral. And I think that that's the most interesting part of all of this. I don't think there's anything wrong with casual sex. And I don't think the, I don't know if the episode is trying to say anything about that. I think they're just like, hey, like if you, maybe you should deal with your trauma first rather than like doing this thing. And also like, why are you even talking to Angel about it in this weird situation where you're like about to spiral? She talks about like Lila. She mentions like a chambermaid. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, does, is, does this have to do with the dream? <laughs> I, I, it was just really confusing to me. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was necessarily being negative about casual sex. Yeah. I felt like I understood that like she was spiraling because she's like at the end. Like to me, it was like she's at the end of her anxiety rope and her end of her like flash happy able to deal with like the triggers and the flashbacks, and the PTSD or whatever is going on with her. And like. It was devastating the way she was like that she dissociates and it was like, oh, she just wants to like obliterate herself. Like she is here to black the fuck out for a minute because nothing is better than whatever is building up. And I thought that was really moving and I felt like it was the first acknowledgement of like 
what PTSD actually does to a person rather than being like, it gives you the power to throw things across the room. It's like, <laughs> they don't glamorize like violent outbreaks after trauma. Like, I don't know. I, I think a lot of shows go that way. And I thought yeah. it was like interesting, but it, it's ugly and it's dark. It's like so personal. You have to have mm-hmm. some level of experience to like really empathize with a character like that versus mm-hmm. just see them as like a monster. And I I thought it was just like, but I do find a lot of the dream stuff so confusing and the like stuff happening at night. Like I didn't know if this was a dream sequence. So like it just became very confusing the logistics of it that like, even though that emotional moment resonated for me, this felt like the weakest part of the episode, which sucks because that emotional moment was really great. Yeah. But this was also the moment at which I had a Eureka. Oh, Harry, you found it um, (laughs) moment on the side of the street because I was thinking about the episode walking to get my haircut. And then I realized this is when I knew Veronica Mars could beat Angel. If for some reason <laughs> there were in a, a one-on-one off, I think about this with Clark Kent a lot, who would win? And I think Veronica Mars would win. And the reason why I think that is he is so easily manipulated into such stupid behavior. And he has no understanding when a young woman with a light color of hair and a particular gift of some kind, like cries, he's fully, he it's mother issues. It's Darla. It's Buffy. It's, it's Kate. It's this one. It's Gwen. It's all these women. It's, it's Cordelia when she lightens her hair. It's like a mess. Veronica Mars would research this and would exploit it and he would be undone because Veronica Mars is what? Batman. Anyway, that was just a rant that I knew I had to get out because I was just like, this is true. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It is, I mean, listen, Veronica Mars is like my favorite detective. So she definitely can out-detective a lot of people, I think. Yeah. People. Oh, right. Angela, you love Veronica Mars too, don't you? I do. Because uh, we love all of the same shows. <laughs> um. Oh, and then, but an important beat is she walks out of the apartment and Darla, like, is there. So it's not like, I, we're supposed to, I think it's like every single dream he has. Like, she goes to him every night, right? At this point, that's what we're supposed to assume. Yeah. Yeah. That he's just not sleeping. because yeah. Or he is sleeping, but he's having these hot vampire, right. bizarre dreams. So <laughs> then I guess the thing that, makes the move is supposed to move the plot forward here is because Bethany is like scared to sleep or something. Angel suddenly not sleeping as much. Yeah. And that's why they have to like get rid of one of them. Yes. Okay. Was that like a little bit confusing to other people or am I just, I don't know. I feel like certain elements of this episode were confusing to me, but they really didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I felt at that point, like, I'm not following this. I was also like, oh, so that wasn't a dream sequence. Okay, so Darla is going there. Okay. Like, I, I was just like, oh, I was so superficially picking up the plot points because it was very confusing. And I could sense that it was not going to matter for whatever we were <laughs> building towards. <laughs> but it was, like, a little confusing. And I think that's just a matter of time, too. They, like, packed so much into the script. Yeah, that... These, like I said, the first third of this season really has a lot of that, where yeah. it's like the A plot is actually mostly the C plot, and like yeah. everything else is setting up things, right? Like, um, and like I'm not like complaining fully because I do think they do a like for us to not be like fully hating this episode says a lot, right? So totally, lot totally. For a stellar episode that yeah. just does throw a bunch of stuff together, and we're not like, man, that was so super lame. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, a good thing. That's, yeah, that's a win. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, Bethany's practicing her telekinetic powers. 
Cordy suspects something. She doesn't like the way she's looking at Angel. And then she like, what? Like Angel has to go with gun to, oh, guns found the apartment of those like attackers. Angel's going to go with him. Cordy says she'll take Bethany shopping. And we get Angel and Gun doing like the investigating shit, which I do like the bit of like, Angel can't get in because the guy's alive and then the guy dies so he can like fall in. I loved him leaning on the thing. I was like, yeah. that's so funny. And it was good <laughs> setup because I just thought it was just funny. And then I was like, oh, it paid off. So weird. And I like that even Gun even says like, rapist for hire, you see me crying? He's like, yeah, okay, that guy's dead, whatever. Like I appreciate we don't do the like, Ooh, like moral high ground of it. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> and now also Gun is going to get paid by the yeah. case. Right, yes. Hell yeah. And I like the like, Angel, I like when we can put Angel, like the karaoke of it all this season, like Angel in awkward situations where he's awkward and he's like clearly awkward about paying Gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like that Gun is like, you saying you're gonna pay me? Cool. And that's it. Like, yeah, because yes, of course he would like to get paid for this job he has been doing for free. Yeah. It's like Wesley got in his head like, oh, am I insulting him by asking? And it's like, no. Yeah. No, we all want money. That's why you're avoiding this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And then Angel makes that call and Wolfram and Hart picks up. So then he realizes. Yeah. And we. Who's behind it. And then we get um, Cordelia and Bethany shopping. Uh, Angela, what did you think of this scene? Because I fucking loved it. I I also did love it. But I just wanted to say that I think Wolfram and Hart, I mean, it looks like an office building, but I think it's a really, really beautiful yes. office building. It is. Like, yeah. it, it really is. And I don't know. The, it has its own character. And as, as Angel goes on and on, it really... I don't know. It's one of those places that like th- there's character to the building, even though I don't know. It's in the way that they shoot the angles. And no, I agree. Really, You're... I, I feel like Wolfram and Hart is a is an entity within itself, you know? Yeah. No, I agree with that. No, I do like the shopping scene. Is that where is this? Is that where uh, Cordy says her line about what kind of guy she likes? Yes. I wrote that down. Yeah, me too. <laughs> less broody and more spendy yeah yeah exactly less broody and more spendy i hear that (laughs) i i fully also agree with that um and the thing i like is like cordelia is being extremely upfront and maybe like a little brash but she's not being mean right Mm -hmm. yeah just real yeah and i appreciate like she's like i like you i do but like boning my boss like do not do it. Like it will end badly. And she's not, you know, there's, there's a way in which I guess someone could read this as her being a jerk, but I don't think she is. I think she's just being like fully honest. Right. And it's appreciated because this woman is like, I got a lot of shit going on. Like, just tell me what it is. I am not a child. Like I have been through it. I've been through the ringer like recently. Just tell me. And it is so much better. Especially I struggle with interacting with people and socializing. It is so much better when people just say whatever it is. Yes. Um, and I felt like Cordy knew that she could handle that. And as someone who overshares, I think she like has an appreciation when someone can actually be an adult about things. Because yeah. right, Kim, I feel like you and I would appreciate someone being that honest. Oh like. yeah, I, I love directness. That's like my number one turn on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like Time saving. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah, like <laughs> and the thing I also like about all this is so like, you know, um, Cordelia, I one, I like that Cordelia isn't 
putting on an air about Angel. Like she means it, right? Like Angel's more, she's not thinking of him that way right now. And I, I do like that. Yeah. And then I love that Cordelia, like, you know, she doesn't have powers, but she does jump into action when those guys grab her, like throws her coffee yeah. in their face, starts screaming for the police. Like she I knows what too. to do. Right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like this season immediately, they let her be more capable, which I love. Because also, like she just said earlier, she grew up in Sunnydale. You would have to be some level of more equipped for emergencies than normal people, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You staked a vampire, you are ready to go. Like, I've been there. (laughs) I love how slash hate how Angel pulls up like with gun in the car, like right at the right (laughs) time. And Cordy's like, the van! And they just like leave her there? Yeah. Speaking of her being capable? <laughs> I do like when she's like, Bethany, you could squash those guys. Like after yeah, just yeah. saying, like that wasn't good. <laughs> so then we get like a car chase scene, which is not a normal thing in the Buffyverse. Yeah, he was like on the hood and guns driving. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? These people got air tag? <laughs> um... And I, you know, Ryan, I was thinking of what you said about the the finale, the premiere, when you're like, they're just like in like in traffic in LA doing this in the street, and I'm like, huh, that's that's what they're doing here. I love that. <laughs> I've seen weirder things in New York and LA, but I yeah. have to say, it is very like, I, I if I was on the street there, I'd be like, did you choreograph this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I. It's Angel, like, does stop Wolfram and Hart, right? He kind of, like, knocks them out of the car, and then we just, like, cut to mm-hmm. Lila saying, pull the trigger on whatever the, like, last thing she had. And then we get our, like, final act, right? Mm-hmm. Bethany's freaking out. I like that, like, we already cut to the, like, she, if she already knows about Lila, like, she's freaking out. We didn't need, like, them revealing it to her. No, mm-hmm. no. And... Angel really does it for me when he uses his, like, annoyed top voice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Right? Okay, thank you. <laughs> 100%. It's what we keep him around for. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, tell me I have the power again. <laughs> and sound mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, like, does calm her down, right? But then she opens the door. and Who's there, Kim? It is her dad. Her dad. Uh, At first, because this episode is so confusing and, like, I am not sure what Wolfram and Hart are capable of, I was like, is it really her dad? Is that, like, the real person, ooh. her dad? Or is this, like, a vision? Uh, because how did he get there so fast and where was he? And, you know, except why did they think, like, are they trying to get her to kill Angel? Like, I thought Angel was part of their plan. Like, are they trying to get him being there to cause Bethany to freak out to kill Angel? Question mark. So yeah, I had true. a lot of questions, but also like you can see where this is going at this point ish. Right. So it, and despite that, it, it's a very tense scene where you don't know that they, they make it unclear the choice that Bethany is going to make exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I, you know, it doesn't look great, but I do like the windows all exploding on the floor. Like, I yeah. think that's cool. Yeah. Oh, totally cool. And on an SD television, that read great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Cordy's going to be so mad about that expense. <laughs> <laughs> um, who gets a fucking nail in her arm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's oh. like, oh, tetanus. Like, <laughs> 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 um, also, when Angel says... So, like, Bethany, you know, lifts her abusive father in the air. He's choking, and he's like, 
Angel says, you've got the power, use it, finish it. I'm like, I can't tell if he's like saying, yeah, go ahead, kill this guy. He sucks. Or yeah. like, right? <laughs> I feel, and earlier they were talking, somebody was talking to Bethany about her squishing the guys and like how they deserved it. Yeah. 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 So those were, those two moments stuck together and stuck out for me briefly. And I was like, no, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Those pesky 90s moral like <laughs> equivocations and like, oh man, we were living in a gilded age that we could have those opinions. Um, <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Um, uh, yeah. I thought that was strange. I did not understand if we were going to kill this guy or not. Like, I fully did not remember this episode. Um, but I guess I like that it went in a not carry direction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because after he says that, you think she's probably going to kill him. Going to fillet him like a dark willow. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like flying out the window, like down to the ground, and then suddenly like stops, which you're just, at that point, not really expecting. So it's, I think the most important part of that is that she gets to make the choice. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that. Like she has the control. She does have the power. Yeah, yeah, he definitely voided his bowels. He's scared as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Deserved. <laughs> yeah, also, right, it is kind of like, yeah, all right, throw that guy out the window. He fucking sounds like... Yeah. <laughs> I, was like I was like, why'd you stop him? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, also, there's no way Angel and Cordelia would know that she stopped him. Like, Oh, no. Right, <laughs> like, they don't look out the window. But, and then we, you know, she she's fine, she's... Whatever, and I do like the like Lila beat we end on. Mm-hmm. It's a repeat something she says earlier in the episode at least once and maybe twice too because she says it to Bethany. Ooh, where she says it? sweet dreams. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. liked that too about that. Yeah, that was a nice callback. She's such a creep. She is, and I love Lila's like. I very much do not invite you in. Like yeah. I like <laughs> Lila is prepared. <laughs> And I, I like how Lila's like, you know, he's a vampire. Yes. And Bethany's just like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, of the things on my list this week, not a big one. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> just see everything else I dealt with. Like, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so the episode just kind of ends there. And I don't know. This is like a throwaway episode, but I think it's good for a throwaway episode. But now that we're at the end, favorite scene, uh, Ryan. I liked the scene of Cordelia shopping with Bethany. I thought that was very well written. Uh, Angela. I I also liked that, but you know, I liked some of the dream sequences, even though they were Fair enough. <laughs> Kim. All right, I have a tie, which I don't okay. normally have. Between the the car chase, including when Angel pulls up and leaves Cordy behind through <laughs> Uh, when Angel's throwing the people out of the van. But I also do like the end scene because I like that our traumatized person like gets gets her power, you know? Yeah. And is able yeah, to yeah. control it and especially against the person like who is the at the root cause of it. I thought that was very empowering. Yeah, my uh, my favorite is the Cordy and Bethany shopping scene just because I, I do think that's so well written and I there's like a fine line and I think Ryan you said this earlier, like the way Charisma Carpenter pulls off that fine line with Cordelia Mm-hmm. not everyone could right like there's definitely a reading of that scene where the where Cordelia, the cordelia character is just being like obnoxious right yeah yeah, yeah. charisma was like working every yeah. day like that is <laughs> so cool i love her yeah. no she really did well with that 
favorite outfit, Angela? Favorite outfit. Hmm. I can do what you're thinking. Yes. <laughs> Cordy has on this like red. I couldn't see because she's behind the counter what the whole thing looks like. But this red shirt that has like a part of the shirt is yep. like a, a line across the front of it of red. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little cutout, which feels very like 2020s now that I'm saying it out loud. Because um, we, we love a cutout. <laughs> oh, yeah. But These yeah, girls no, are all dressed like uh, Cordelia. It was like very super red. I thought that that was just, I was like, oh, yeah. I want that shirt or dress, yeah. whatever it was. That one. Kim, I can tell you because I looked, because I'm, I'm, I made the figure of that outfit. Oh, as, God, I love that. So it is like, it's like a, a, it's like a well-fitting flowy red top that has like a little bit like a scarf aspect to it. And then like black pants. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, which is also my favorite outfit, Kim, because I, you know, Angel isn't like, the, the outfits aren't as good as Buffy, but like Cordelia usually looks great anyway. But I got to mention that her hair looks great too. And I yes. do like Oh my her, God. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> my God. Especially when she's got that shirt on. Like, I don't yes. know what's going on, but like, it was the incredible. hair. It looks it really was, good. It was like a hair show. It was like a Rapunzel Broadway. I was like, oh, put my hands in it. It was, it was the, <laughs> she was wigged or something. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I even like the brown jacket she wears briefly with the outfit. Like it's a cute, cute jacket yeah. all around. Um, Angela, what's your favorite? Now, now what's your favorite outfit? I, I mean, now, you know, I'm kind of signed on board for <laughs> outfit, but I mean, I always love how Angel dresses. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think he hits it and I I think they slayed his wardrobe throughout this entire series. Like I've never met a straight man that dresses like that with yeah. the, I mean, he, he looks good in those suits. You know, and this season I noticed they start giving him like a little pop of color with the black and I think it looks really yeah. good, right? Yeah. I Yeah. It's like the darkish purple, like that looks good on him. He's a queer eye after. <laughs> he is. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, Ryan, what was your favorite, or, or was it also Cordy? I was going to say Cordelia's hair. Um, <laughs> I was hundred percent was like I didn't even notice anything else she was wearing. It was haired. Um, but I, in fact, I'm going to pay Cordelia a different compliment. Oh. I think she picked out a great outfit for Bethany at the end for her like I'm that bitch scene. I think she was like, <laughs> let's okay. When they were shopping, she was like, let's find you like an I'm that bitch outfit in case this comes to something. It usually does. <laughs> and they found her like a sleigh look. And I was like, this is cool. I like that. It was very, it was such a nice touch because I could have just put her in a t-shirt, you know? Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but what grade do we give the episode, Ryan? I give this episode a B and I think that's very fair, but it's batting way above its weight class. <laughs> Angela. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, a C plus, which is close to a B. I I thought it was good. That I definitely agree with a lot of what was said. They could have gone potentially. Well, if it was written today, they could have gone into a lot more detail about what was going on and and had some clarity there. And but also, it was a good filler episode, and I like seeing Darla, and I like seeing the cameos that they had. So yeah, yeah. Uh- Professor Kimberly Ann. I'm going to give it a B, just a solid, or a B minus, a solid 80. Which in <laughs> oh, my right. school, we don't have minuses and pluses. So an 80 would be a B. That's why I slipped there. But yeah, so I'm going to go B minus, 80%. All right, all right. All right. Which is, I'm surprised y'all are, I thought y'all were going to give it higher grades. I, I feel like I'm just a great inflator, though. 
<laughs> See, I, I, I believe there are more gradations to bad than there are good. So I leave myself a lot of space at the bottom of bad to be like, this is an a C minus. This is a D minus. You know? <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, I, I give it a C plus. Um, yeah. But it is close to that B minus. Um, mm-hmm. And what you said, Angela, like, yeah, it's like a throwaway episode that's better than it like needs to be. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I do like, I like seeing Darla, I like seeing Lila. All right. Well, thank you all for doing this. Angela, how was your first official co-hosting episode? Uh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Thanks for having me. This is, this is the most fun I could have on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. If you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can find me on all social media platforms at Carlos. Kim, where can everyone find you and buy your book? I'm at Kim and Joe South with no extra ease, and my book is out. My first full-length poetry collection is out from Trembling Pillow Press. It's called Orchid Alpha. Yes. And Angela, where can everyone find you? Uh, I am on the Instagram at Angela MFN Rockstar, and I am on the TikTok at Angela Rockstar, and on the Twitter at MRS underscore A Rockstar. <laughs> Got it all down. Uh, Ryan, where can everyone find you and your uh, YouTube videos? Well, I just gave that away, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find my YouTube, youtube.com slash at Ryho. That's R-Y-H-O. Definitely go check them out. I work so hard on them. But I also have a podcast at The Financial Diet called Too Good to Be True, where we tackle our monster of the week, which is a scam. And some of them are things you did not know were scams. Uh, but there's a, there's always a twist at the end. So definitely check that out. Also, I'm on social media at Ryan Houlihan. When I'm on Instagram, I'm fighting for the forces of darkness. When I'm on Mastodon, I'm fighting for the forces of light. Um, but you know, you're an adult, you know how to find people. (laughs) All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.